you can erase all the bad stuff that happened this year with one click. Believe in what your heart is saying. Help Clark Howard's Christmas Kids. The event is virtual. You can shop completely online, and when you do, you're going to feel great. Donate now at wsbradio.com. 7.07 on your Saturday morning. Hey, Ashley Frasca coming to you live, hosting Green and Growing with a Holiday Twist. Helping out Clark's Christmas kids. If you're new to Georgia, well, you don't have to be from Georgia to know who Clark Howard is. Consumer specialist and consumer activist Clark Howard, who's had radio shows for decades. But we help Georgia's foster care children have a little Christmas. Each of them in in the system, over 9,000 kids, get to make a holiday list of the three things they want for Christmas. And so far, we still need your help. We have over 4,000 gifts to go to make sure that every child in the foster care system feels remembered and feels loved this holiday season. So you can go to clarkschristmaskids.com or wsbradio.com and you'll see the the logo there. We're going to continue this campaign today through Dave Baker's Home Fix-It show. Belinda Skelton in Atlanta Living, that's on from 1 to 3 and Clark Howard will join both of them and be able to talk to you and share some great stories with you. And I want to do the same. We put a lot of work into the last two days if you've listened to, to all of our shows a really heartwarming story that happened live on the air yesterday when Clark Howard was on with Eric Von Hessler and the Von Hessler Doctrine. They interviewed Rick Jackson, who is the chairman and chief executive officer of Jackson Healthcare, an Alpharetta family of healthcare staffing and technology companies. And as a former foster child himself, Mr. Jackson is driven by a personal mission to inject hope and opportunity into the lives of underserved children. Listen to his story. But on my 13th birthday, uh, I was uh, at Methodist Children's Home in Decatur. Um, and, uh, and so at the children's home, uh, you know, most of them are orphans or, or foster kids. Uh, we were basically at that point in time just orphans. But, uh, but basically uh, the, the Christmas when I was 13 years old uh, came about, um, and all of the, a lot of the people, all the kids from the cottages and so forth, went home to their family. Well, I didn't have a family at that point in time to go home to, uh, and needless to say, I was very, very uh, sad, and uh, I cried myself to sleep. Um, so <laughs> the next morning, I woke up, um, and there was an envelope uh, under under my door. Uh, and it was it said from a an anonymous donor uh and it was a hundred dollar bill now this was you know nineteen sixty seven so it was a lot of money uh back then uh but it was just um what it did for me uh and you know that somebody I didn't know would help me uh would give me something for Christmas because Christmas meant so much uh, more uh, than uh, uh, to me. So we all have special memories from Christmas. And man, I mean, Clark, Eric got choked up just hearing that story and see how much it means to a child in foster care who may be orphaned or just due to no circumstances of, of their own doing end up in the system. So ClarksChristmasKids.com is the website we want you to visit 
and bookmark this morning and help us get all of those children taken care of. So as promised, I have a special guest with me today, Christy Bryant, joining us for the first time on the show, ISA certified arborist and started her career as a landscaper, specializing in urban landscapes and earned her degree in environmental horticulture and now owner of Speaking for the Trees, where she works with homeowners to make sure the trees are safe before a new home purchase and works to save trees and gets to write plans to save wonderful large trees that we love so much. Christy, hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I am so glad. So you and I first met, gosh, back in January or February, I guess, at a Georgia Arborist Association kind of meeting in DeKalb County. And y'all are just such an awesome group of folks. Tell me how much fun you have in this industry and the cool people you get to work with. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. Um, You know, from the tree climbing competitions, watching the people fly around in trees and compete and um, to to, you know, to learning all about trees and roots. And, you know, and I don't know that there's another more passionate industry. Um, If there is if there is one that exists, I do not know it. Um, (laughs) Arborists, we love what we do. We spend hundreds of hours working for free every year, uh, supporting, you know, organizations and doing free classes and talks. And it's just an amazing organization. I am so proud to be a part of it. Now, I definitely want throughout our conversation this hour to to introduce folks to the Georgia Arborist Association and help them learn what all of the resources available there are. But tell me a little bit about that. GeorgiaArborist.org is where folks can find that. You, congratulations, are coming up on your third term as president. But how does this relate to a homeowner? What do we do with the Georgia Arborist Association? So we've got some, um, you know, information, educational information. We are starting up where we're asking all of the members of the Georgia Arborist Association to submit, you know, little write-ups or something when they experience something so that we can make those available on the website to the general public and it's layperson friendly. Um, we, it is also when you need to find an arborist, we have, you can go to the website. I think that's the first thing you see is, is you know, find an arborist. You can also use the ISA's site, Trees Are Good, com to find us an ISA certified arborist, but to find one in Georgia, it's the easy way. And you can, we, you know, what counties we work in, you know, what exactly we do if we're a consulting arborist or, or if we're affiliated with a tree removal company, or you know, where whatever it is we do. And you you get to really see some fascinating things. I love following you on Facebook because you just take pictures of cool trees. I guess that you know homeowners or customers are calling you out to to check out and all of that, but. Talk to us, not in the industry, about what it means to be ISA certified. First of all, what that stands for, but otherwise, what the schooling is that's involved in that, and that certification is so important. So you have to have three years in the in working with trees before you can even take the test. Let me tell you what, they go and they dig. They really make sure that you really have. They call up your previous bosses and ask them exactly what you did for them. So um, that's the first part of it. And then there's a, you know, you can either take a study course or you can study on your own and then sign up to take the test. Um, I've been certified about 12 years, so it's a little bit different now. I think I can just go to one of those computer modulated and take the test. But um, what being a certified arborist means is it's we've, we take a code of ethics saying that we are going to love and take care of trees and do that to the best of our abilities and do it ethically. 
So it's just a little bit different than dealing with a normal tree person that's not certified because we have that code of ethics. We can lose our license if we don't, you know, if we're found not doing things that are ethical. So that's, I think, a little bit of the difference um, is the education level, but, you know, more importantly, that ethical bond that we have when we're arborists, when we're certified as arborists. And now we don't have to be arborists to cringe when we drive by, especially in, in my home county, in Cherokee County. There's so much development going on right now, and I cringe when I drive by, you know, the, the places that as I grew up were large acres and acres and acres of wooded lots along the highways, and now they're being cleared for, you know, these neighborhoods, townhome communities, or, or what have you. So can you speak to at all? And my dad's in construction, so I think I know a little bit but what are the rules there of when we're clearing all of this land for commercial development or residential development, what are the rules that builders or developers have to abide by in planting back X number of trees or anything like that? Are they held to any standards to kind of improve the environment a little bit? Well, um, so construction the way that we do it now is, is, you know, the worst thing in the world we could do for the newly planted trees and removing the trees. Um, you know, every municipality has different rules, mm -hmm. um, but basically I would say that the suburban counties, the basic rule is that they, everybody has a specimen or a heritage tree, which means it's a tree of a certain size and species that has a lifespan of an expected lifespan of, you know, 10 years or 15 years for some of them. So what that means is if you're going to go out and you're going to remove a bunch of trees to build a warehouse or to build a townhouse community where you're just going down to dirt and removing everything, um, you have to pay the county recompense for all of those trees over that certain size that you remove. Wow. And most places you can pay that back in inches replanted or in dollars paid into a tree bank or some, you know, government fund. So that's kind of basically the way it works in most places. Interesting. Very interesting. And I, I remember a few years ago, I'll have to do some research here when we come up on a commercial. Walter Reeves bought a tree in, a, in, in my honor and in our producer's honor years ago for Christmas. And we got some cool little Christmas card from the organization, you know, talking about a, a tree was purchased in our honor. And I love that. So yeah, planting that seed in people's brains. Maybe that's a cool little Christmas gift idea. Well, we do have some questions from our listeners. So coming up, we'll hear from Kathy in Jenkinsburg. Her purple plum tree is dying, and can she save it? And DJ and Decatur, the proper way to distribute pine straw. And I encourage you guys, Chrissy is a foremost expert on tree health and tree care. If you've got any questions, I've had some of you message me on the Facebook page on Green and Growing WSB with some weird tree questions. And guess what? Sometimes I get the answer from Christy. <laughs> I pass it along to she or Seth Hawkins and say, hey, guys, help me out. This this person has me stumped. So now is your time to get with Christy, 404-872-0750. And, of course, we are celebrating the 30th year of Clark's Christmas Kids. Shop for a, a child in foster care here in Georgia. Visit ClarksChristmasKids.com. We'll be back. Stay tuned to WSB. Does it feel like the holidays? It's certainly starting to. We're back on Green and Growing two days from my birthday. 
20 days from Christmas. It's going to sneak up on us fast. All right, a weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, sunny and highs in the mid-50s. And tomorrow, we're going to have a mix of sun and clouds. A stray light shower is not out of the question, says Channel 2's Brad Nitz. But again, highs in the mid-50s. Time to do this. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right, I've got my guest, certified arborist Christy Bryant, thinking of number three while she's doing that. I'll give you number one. Make it a habit to turn your indoor plants about every week. Otherwise, they lean toward the window, and you can clearly tell when that's the case. And make sure to check the soil so you know that you're not overwatering or underwatering. They require a lot less water this time of year. And number two, control winter weeds in your lawn. Chickweed will expand rapidly and if you don't dig it out or spray it now with a broadleaf weed killer. And Christy, give us your number three. Let's keep those leaves. There's a reason that nature drops leaves under trees. So let's try to get away from the habit of taking away the perfect nutrient for that tree and replacing it with something that may be not so perfect. So, you know, it's there, there, there is a reason that leaves fall, and let's try to use them whenever we can. You know, and I mean, like, insects overwinter under them, and then the birds are going to come check on those insects for something to eat. And, I mean, just not having to use the gasoline and the yard tools and all of that, just letting nature do its thing. I think you're absolutely right. Yep. So, all right, Multi- Christy Bryant. important thing you can do. Yes. All right. Christy Bryant, you are owner of Speaking for the Trees Now. You spent many, many years with Gunnison, which is a well-known company here in Atlanta. And I know you love your job. And I love my job. Get to talk to listeners every Saturday morning. And we're going to do just that. We've got about a minute or so to talk to DJ Indicator. Hey, DJ, what's up? Good morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Thanks. You too. I have tons of pine straw and leaves that fall in the yard. And the lawn guys come and they blow the leaves and pine straw against the tree and it comes up pretty high. That's not a healthy thing for the tree, is it, Christy? No. So so what's um, a healthy thing to do? Well, the healthy thing to do is not pile them up against the trunk. The best thing to do whenever you're thinking about how to best take care of trees is to imitate what the forest does. Nobody comes into the forest and blows the trees away from the outside of the crown or the canopy and blows it up against the trunk. Um, A lot of things can happen. The the funguses that are breaking that down could potentially get into the trunk. Um, Some arborists say that, you know, when you mulch a tree, um, you should pull the mulch back about an an inch or two away from the tree. Personally, as long as there's not more of an inch than an inch right up against the trunk, I've never seen that cause a problem. But, you know, we don't want to pile anything up on the trunk of a tree. We want to make sure that that root flare is exposed at all times. Okay, expose the root flare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay, such so I'll, that so I'll, part so I'll have him pull it back uh, maybe a foot from the uh, tree. Yeah, but not all the way. I don't want bare dirt ever under a tree. We want about an inch up against the trunk, and then you can go up to about three or four inches everywhere else. Okay. Okay. Nope. I can always I can always count on DJ for being super observant. Thank you so much, sir. All right, we're going to talk to Lynn in Atlanta in just a few minutes. 
can she buy a live tree for Christmas and then plant it? So we'll pick Christy's brain on that. And Kathy and Jenkinsburg, you'll be up first. After the newscast, a purple plum tree is dying. Can she save it? So, of course, we're going to get kind of a feel from Kathy of, of the symptoms and maybe what's going on there. And I want Christy to be able to tell you a little bit more about her business and why it is she enjoys helping people so much because I know it's something she's so passionate about. I follow her on Facebook and love seeing the fun pictures and cool trees she gets to see. And even one that I, a question I got from a listener on Facebook about a branch from one oak tree almost grafting itself to the branch of another oak tree that was right beside it and how uncommon that is and how funny it was to see. But I had to reach out to uh, to Christy for her expertise on that. And more of your calls for the next 30 minutes with ISA certified arborist Christy Bryant, 404-872-0750. And it's Clark's Christmas Kids. It's that time of year. We need your help through the weekend. Still 4,300 gifts to go for Georgia's foster care children. So when you go on ClarksChristmasKids.com, shop for a child. You can buy all three of the items on their list or maybe just one item if that's all you can afford, if they're asking for art supplies or action figures or something so simple with the click of a button, you'll be buying that through Walmart and then it gets shipped off to a warehouse and sorted and organized. And then all of these kids have uh, the three gifts they asked for to open on Christmas morning. So that warms our heart. It's a campaign that we rally around here at WSB. And I commend all of our staff and all of our hosts and Clark Howard especially for the great work they've done the last two days. And we're going to continue on with that. So you're listening to Green and Growing. And if you miss any parts of the show, find it later on WSBradio.com. Just click on On Demand and there you can listen to all three hours. We're on till nine here on 95.5 WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. You know, I get to do a show about all kinds of things today. Welcome to the December 5th edition of Green and Growing. Hey, I'm your host, Ashley Frasca, traffic reporter by week and garden show host by weekend, right? So, um, I've been under the weather, but I was still able to be on the air all week with triple team traffic in the mornings and here hosting the show with you and really, really glad to be joined by arborist Christy Bryant. And she's the president of the Georgia Arborist Association, too. So, man, you better take advantage. Get your calls in now. 404-872-0750 and also participating in Clark Howard's Christmas Kids, the 30th year. Congratulations to Clark for carrying on this tradition for so long, helping children in Georgia's foster care system. So it's just a very simple thing you can do. We ask that you go to ClarksChristmasKids.com, very simple website. Click shop now and kind of check out the wish list for some of these kids aged all the way from less than one year old to 18 years old and the things they want warm your heart but are also heartbreaking at the same time some of the teenagers they're a little more scarcely shopped for um but i don't know why they they want things for their dorm rooms if they're headed off to college they want nail polish they want uh bath accessories things like that i mean imagine a 16 17 year old girl who doesn't have access to a whole lot getting a nice little gift set of body sprays and razors and just how fun scented things are like that for a teenage girl. So we really, really appreciate you supporting this 
over the years and especially the last two days and we're going to keep the tradition going this weekend so definitely a lot of good calls christy are you ready to talk to some of the listeners i sure am let's do this all right let's do it up first kathy in jenkinsburg good morning welcome to the show kathy well thank you for having me i really am interested in finding out some information about the purple palm tree and the little seedling i have especially the seedling okay. uh, christy i have a 16 year old purple plum and of course it's it's been dying every year some of its limbs have died it had one big limb and it's still blooming so i keep it there but last july it gave me a little seedling not this july but last july and I planted it, of course, in the, with the best of soil in the backyard. And last year I covered it with a, a, a bag and then a plastic bag to protect it. And it made it through the winter. And it's now over two feet tall in this one year. And it is blooming beautifully, purple, purple, purple. And I'm wondering, should I cover it again and nurture it one more year before it you know, goes to sleep? So I am not one for babying trees. They are made to be out in the environment, and we need them to be tough. I don't even really like staking newly planted trees. We need storms to toss us around so we can get tough. So, you know, I know, I mean, it should be absolutely fine. I would not cover it. You know, the biggest thing is just make sure that when it's got leaves on it, that it stays, you know, that you keep giving it about an inch of water a week. Oh, yeah. And, well, of course, we've had an, a lot of rain, but every time I feed, uh, fill my bird baths, I uh, make sure she gets some more, you know, water. So, And just mulching on the bottom, that would be enough for her for the winter? Yeah. Just, you know, two to three inches of mulch would be fine for a, a tree that small. And, okay. you know, leave the leaf litter. That's what the perfect nutrients for the tree are the leaves. So you oh, try to leave her I... leaves as much as you can. Oh, okay. God, I was going to pick them up and, you know, Okay, I won't do that anymore then. <laughs> All right, I was just worried about maybe I should uh, baby her one more year, but uh, I, I guess it's going to be fine. But she's so beautiful yeah, that beautiful. I don't want to let her go. So <laughs> thank you That's so perfect. much, honey. You're welcome. Have a great day. That's so sweet. And I love Christy, kind of like people refer to their cars, you know, with, with names. Kathy was calling her tree a she. Yeah, I, I, it's really funny, it's especially like when I used to work for Gunnison and we would have to remove big, beautiful trees because of whatever reason. I would always name it just, I don't know, it was just goosey, but I just named it. It just, it felt like it deserved a name before it had to come down. I love that, Gus. Uh, Shaney B., who's a producer here at WSB, had this huge oak tree built like his back deck was built around it and he called it Gus and I think that is a great name for a large tree <laughs> Isn't it? so so you are not alone folks if you do the same thing all right up next we'll talk to Lynn in Atlanta a great question for this time of year hey Lynn welcome to green and growing thanks for Will talking to me yeah uh, I well, it had been a trend in the past to encourage people to buy live trees and decorate them and use them as for Christmas and then plant them in January. And we've sort of, you don't hear about that anymore, but um, it has worked for me in the past, and I was interested in doing it again this year, but I've heard some um, 
old wives' tales or whatever about on a live tree you can't use lights or you have to use certain ornaments. And mm-hmm. I wanted some advice about, uh, I'm looking at a cryptomeria, so the leaves are, I mean, pardon me, the branches are fragile. Mm-hmm. So I wanted some, and can I use lights? What do you yeah, think, Christy? I, I, I see absolutely no reason to limit yourself, and I love the idea of of planting a tree after you use it. I mean, if you think about it, you could have a succession of trees for every Christmas with your memories on it. That was the 1999 tree or whatever. Yeah, that's awesome. But, no, I mean, gosh, we decorate trees outside. You know, if I wouldn't, you know, leave the lights oh, on the right. tree, obviously, but there's no reason not to decorate that tree. And I do know that it uh, needs special care to be inside over a period of time with the right amount of light and no heat drafts and that kind of thing. But is there any other advice about trying to um, ensure its good health through the season? Well, just make sure, of course, to keep it watered but not too wet. We don't want to create root rot either. Um, And then as you move it outside in January, you probably want to do some hardening off. We don't want to take that guy from the perfect conditions back out into the freezing cold. So I would say start giving it some time outside every day to get used to the temperatures and try to imitate the light as much as possible, meaning if you have it in a south-facing window, you probably want to keep it on the south side of the house. Oh, okay. But the one thing you... trees don't do is move, right? So they're not a big, huge fan of being moved a lot. So you know, just try to keep that in mind. Try to try to keep the conditions as much as possible. So if you're once you harden it off, then you can plant it, and it doesn't matter what part of the yard, as long as the conditions are required. Conditions are met. Yeah, cryptomerias like full sun. They don't don't do very well in the shade. So you know, make sure cryptomeria has a lot of sun. Right. Okay. Uh, if you have, do you have time for one more question? Sure. Sure. Uh, this sort of um, built on the previous caller. Uh, I have uh, bought homes in established neighborhoods, so I don't know the history or the age of the landscape. And I have a what I think is a cherry tree that is well aged, uh, but it ha- is appears to be dying, um, and has started this past year with some growths that almost look like fungi along the trunk in various places. And initially, I was concerned, thinking they were invasive and broke them off. Is, is there it any... oozing, or does it look like lichens, where it's that bluish, grayish, furry Not lichens. They're okay. hard, and they stick out uh, horizontal. And yeah, probably yeah, Tell so us a little more about trees, that, Christy. Yeah, ornamental cherry trees are not very long-lived trees. Um, you're going to get 30 or 40 years total out of a cherry, and when they start declining, one of the first things they do is, is they get this trunk decay. Uh, what you're probably seeing is Ganoderma, which is just one of the kinds of decay, you know, decayers that we have. I, always, I, I say this a thousand times a day. 
it feels like it anyway. Mushrooms are the, the decayers of the earth, right? So the last thing we want to see on something that we need to be strong and stable is mushrooms. Right. So my guess is your cherry tree is on the way out, um, you know, with most cherry trees because they're not huge. And usually they're planted somewhere where if they break off or fall off, they're not going to hurt anything. I just encourage people to go ahead and plant another tree and just, as long as it can't hurt anything, let it live out its life until it can't anymore and then to have it removed or pick it up when it falls. The cherry trees are some of the most beautiful spring blooming trees that we see, you know, that really put out the flush of beautiful pink and white flowers first, almost before anything else. But certainly, yeah, the possibilities are endless with things that she could maybe replace it with. And Christy, talk about right now, we've got about a minute or so. Uh, now is still a good time to plant a tree and, and why that works. Yeah, I mean, you can plant year round, basically, in Georgia. I don't like them planted in the heat of the summer. But yeah, we can we can plant right now. Um, it's Right before now, the trees are about dormant now, but, you know, a couple of weeks ago in the fall, trees are actually putting all their energy into root development. So it's a really a perfect time to plant a tree is in the fall. Um, or you can plant in the winter. It's not like our ground freezes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, this, we can plant year-round in Georgia, and we should plant more. And what's the one most important thing? I mean, there's probably a few, but one most important thing right after I plant a tree, what do I have to really make sure that I do? So watering is very important, not too much and not too little. Um, but the most important thing is planting depth. Um, I see it all of the time, even by professional landscapers, where the tree is just planted too deep. And that, that widening at the base where the root flare is, um, we don't want our tree to be planted like a telephone pole. Mm-hmm. If it looks like a telephone pole and you don't have that little flare out right before it hits the dirt, then you've planted your tree too deep. Ah, it makes you cringe for sure. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break and then talk to Philip in Midtown Atlanta here after the break. Two trees that just everything turns black in the fall. So we want to investigate what's going on there. You're listening to Green and Growing here on 95.5 WSB. So much to do in the remaining hour of Green and Growing this morning here with you live until 9 o'clock. And then Dave Baker and Santa Clark come up with the Home Fix-It show at 9 o'clock. We're asking you to please help Georgia's foster care kids by visiting ClarksChristmasKids.com. And in about uh, 40, 40, 45 minutes from now, we'll hear from Pike Nursery with what they want to feature for you this weekend and this week in the greenhouse or in the stores. A weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. First, it's sunny today. It's going to be chilly now, but it warm up to the mid-50s. And then tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds and a stray light shower not out of the question. Highs around 57, lows around 38. Wow, that feels like a little bit of a warming trend. All right, and continuing with Clark's Christmas Kids, want to let you hear this story. The Robinson family is one of thousands of special Georgia families where foster kids find love. And WSB's Edgar Trey gets found out just how they've been blessed by generosity that comes during the holiday season. There is love and lots of it in the Robinson household. I'm from a big family, seven girls and three boys. And my parents gave us plenty of love. So I had enough love that I can share with them and some. Anyone that need help, I'm their phone. How do y'all feel about being adopted? Good. I am happy. 
And Terry Robinson has been giving out plenty of love to children who've needed it. She tells me five of her nine, from young adult to younger, are adopted. When I was young, when I had the four boys, I kept asking God, I wanted a girl. I wanted a girl. Lord, why I can't have a girl? And then after I stopped saying that, I said, well, God, give me a set of twins. And look what I have, a little girl in the twins. Twin boys, Eli and Elijah, now 11 years old, the siblings of Dynasty, nine months old at the time, now seven years old. She's really my granddaughter and defects had her. So I had to become a foster parent to get her out of the system. When I was getting her out of the system, they told me she had a set of twin brothers. Adoption official as of this August. It's youngsters like these who benefit from Clark's Christmas Kids. Anything that be given is acceptable. I mean, we love whatever. That's a gift from God. They always be happy. I mean, whatever you give them. Robinson, her husband, and their kids live in the small town of Lake Park, Georgia, near the Florida border. It's a home full of that love. We have enough in the family of love to show the kids that be determined to want something in life and you'll succeed. All of my babies, yes, I love them to death. For this 30th year of Clark's Christmas Kids, I'm Edgar Tragus. What a wonderful story and what a wonderful woman as well. So that's those stories. That's the reason we do this and why Clark Howard has kept this tradition alive here on WSB. And we're so proud of that. And I'm proud of you guys. It it really has moved me to listen to our broadcast the last two days and this morning to actually watch the live ticker on ClarksChristmasKids.com. Since I came on the air at six o'clock, you all have been busy. You have purchased over 150 gifts already this morning for some of these kids in George's foster care system. So thank you. Thank you. You know, I wanted to get on PikeNursery.com really quickly here after hearing Lynn. She was talking to Christy about uh, cryptomeria, you know, like a live Christmas tree, something a little different, something that you can plant when the holidays are over. And that made me think uh, of these holiday plants, like almost Christmas house plants too. If you want to think outside of the norm of the Fraser fir and such like that, or you've got very little space, how about like a nine inch Norfolk pine? That could be such a cute little thing for a desk or a small room. Lemon cypress is something that's really colorful. You can buy it in a one gallon pot or a four inch pot. And then rosemary cones, those smell great. They're useful, of course, using them as a spice, all kinds of things. Rosemary spirals, those looks really cool. And rosemary wreaths, in addition to the wreaths and garlands and things that you can get at Pike Nursery. So we're going to be talking to them in the next hour. Christy Bryant, a certified arborist and owner of Speaking for the Trees, has graciously agreed to stay with us another half hour. Yay! So until 8.30, get your tree questions in. 404-872-0750. You're going to be talking to James and Philip and Joe here in just a minute on Green and Growing. Stay tuned to WSB. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.